Wolverine. Wolverine. Hello and welcome to the Examination Podcast final, 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 final episode. I'm Quentin Emler. Join me this week at Stayed or Near. One last ride. And the unstoppable juggernaut, Kelsey. Seanly at the end. <laughs> Nobody's going to get this joke and know I that Quentin missed out. Here's the deal. Uh, this is January 5th. This is a week that the last Hickman era book, as far as I know, I'm sure... I'm sure like they're holding back a Marvel Infinite comic, just like say Hickman put out one more comic or something. I don't know. But as far as we know, Inferno number four came out this week. Um, We've been following all the Hickman books. We've been following X-Men since the relaunch, starting with House of of X number one. And uh, it brought us to this point. Years later, uh, through a pandemic, not all the way through, but you know, we're in a pandemic. Uh, we have been Up doing this podcast. Crawling. So uh, let's go ahead. Talk about Inferno number four. But first, let's hook up to Cerebro and see what's new. One, One last, last time. <laughs> For the boys. Um, first off, let's talk. Uh, we got some MCU news. We're going to start with Hawkeye finale. We haven't talked since Hawkeye came to an end. Uh, Kelsey, you're the biggest Hawkeye fan here. How did you feel about the uh, end of the Hawkeye series? Oh, I didn't watch it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I actually did watch all of it. I just, I was just hoping to get Dane to just enrage upon the non-play. <laughs> it worked. It I don't worked. need this. I don't need this. Dane, I would like to kick that over to you, even though I know your answer. Uh, surprise beyond surprise. I loved it. Um, I... I don't more... think that is a surprise because oh, when you me. have high expectations, no, no, no. Okay. You're taking that the wrong way. Oh no. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I, I, when you have high expectations, it's hard to deliver. So yes. I think it's more of a surprise than like the sarcastic. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Like it's hard to enjoy something when something pure and awesome. It's like, uh, you don't like, if you had an NFL championship, like playing another football game is going to be hard to compete. Yeah. No, no, I I get what you're saying. And you are right. I very early on when this was announced, I was very scared. I actually kind of thought it was going to suck. Once the trailers and stuff had come out, I got really, I let myself get really hyped for it. And I'm glad that I did because I loved it. Um, There was stuff about the finale that I I don't think was perfect, but I still think it was better than I could have expected. Some of the moments were a little more kind of emotionally charged cheesy maybe than I would have necessarily liked. But I think for the medium and for the genre and for the different twists. And using the elements oh, they had that Come worked. on. Come on, Dan yeah. Rainier. No, no, no. I think, come on. I think there are a lot of things in it that I, 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 I talked about this with a friend of mine and I said, I think there are a lot of scenes where they said the subtext that comes along in the comic like kind of that final scene with Clint and Kate where he's like, you know, sometimes those people just come around that make you better in every way. Like I get that Clint feels that way from the comics. It's just not something that has to be said, but 
but I get that the medium and everything is a little different. So I, I don't mind it. I think still it has the emotional core. Well, and it works because he's saying it to Kate. Right. Like you were that person. And, you know, that's how you, you make your friends feel loved. You make your loved ones feel loved um, in real life. And I think you get a little bit closer when you have actual people playing the characters. Uh, love this book. Uh, love the, the show, especially like their mm-hmm. adaptation. It wasn't perfect, but it reinforces for my idea. Like Kevin Feige knows how to make it work. At the end of the day, oh, the formula just, is there. this proves to me that like he knew you couldn't adapt the comic straight up. He got he great actors, to... got great pieces, made it work. You just yep. had to trust a bro. Trust a bro. No Bailey Seinfeld, I think, might be the next. Like, when I think of like where the MCU's going, and there's some questions about Tom Holland, we'll talk No Way Home soon. But like, I wouldn't mind if Haley Steinfeld's the new Iron Man. Like, if she's the new Robert Downey Jr. as far as like, yeah, that's who I'm watching movies for. I don't know. I like, I like um, Black Widow, the, the new, her like little sister. Elena. Elena. She kills me. And that's oh, like, she's like, so the, the Russian that, accent works delivery for you. stuff, like that whole scene of, of, uh, Connor, you know, hey, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop. Why do you keep saying my whole name like you know me? He's like because I do. Like that, that subtle kind of just like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. That's the thing. Like I just, I that delivery was great. And obviously Vincent D'Onofrio back as a kingpin. Of course, wearing oh. more floral patterns was nice. Oh, oh. <laughs> and Bruh, Echo. Uh, it's a Spider-Man I like, comic. I like, I like yeah. that they showed kingpin in his true like bruising style too. I mean, they hit him with a car. Yeah, they do a good job of that. Of just like he feels. I mean, he feels like he the final looks boss and feels like Kingpin. I will say it felt a little. The, the, now that we've said all the good stuff, the ending felt like a level of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. How so? Like this is tons of minions. Oh, and oh yeah, yeah. Like you go and fight the boss, like more than any other one where it was just like I'm just gonna fight like. Obviously, you're going to kick Kingpin's ass and just beat 24. Where they didn't fight lots of robots and then Ultron at the end. Oh, oh, in Avengers 1 where they didn't fight aliens the whole time and then Loki. Or, um, let's see. Oh, oh, oh. The other Infinity War where they fought other aliens and then Thanos. No. Or the final boss of... It felt different because, like, I will say, like, I think you're not being fair than Infinity War when you say it. Like Infinity War, like War. Vision, like like they were coming for the thing, like they were all fighting them. But like I didn't know if like heroes were gonna die. I didn't know like if the monsters were gonna break through. There was a certain point with like Hawkeye where it was like they beat up a hundred bros and then they like fought Kingpin. It's like whatever. Like I don't care. Oh no, they didn't. The they stakes didn't beat were up, high enough for you. They didn't beat up a hundred bros. They straight up murdered those bros. There's yeah. like shrapnel. Those, yeah, shredding people. That, that Many is of those bros I, are dead. Although I must say that must have been the most dominant street gang in New York because they had a lot of bros. I do remember so many bros. watching it with my parents wondered, and my wife, and like, how many of these guys are there? I also wondered too. Like, does Kingpin own the tracksuit? making industry in that neighborhood because that would probably be a great idea 
It's a great gig. <laughs> or that or it's just some innocent guy sitting back there ca- counting all his Benjamins and then wondering why his uh, <laughs> uh, checks have dried up after Hawkeye came to town. Like, but why am I not really making though, as much money? If you stop to think about it for a second, there is a lot of murder in that last episode. Like, there's shrapnel arrows, lightning arrows. That one dude just got clearly frozen yeah. to death. But two but of them got shrank, murdered. That's the only murder that matters. Kidnapped by an owl. No, of well, course. Yeah. And you know that owl's eaten. Kingpin's alive because Bullseye's there. What? Yeah, eye Just, for an eye. Are you still obviously on the, the teaser has a it. target? It has a bullseye. Bullseye. Kingpin. It's coming. Kingpin's still alive. It's like obvious. I heard there's gonna do Echo, bullseye. like an Echo show, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is my I, I all we've met at. Why bring back. Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox back for these two projects if you're not going to use them more? Do you of think you're going to use if they do? Do you think they're going to try and like bring back as many of the people as they can? Or honestly, they probably won't be able to bring back everyone. They get busy. Why not, dude? Vincent D'Onofrio, I could watch him be Kingpin. I could watch him protect this city over <laughs> and over. Yes. <laughs> He's the hero this city needs. Um, let's talk uh, about the other hero that New York needs. Uh, their friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. No way it's home. One. We haven't talked about it since it came out. So like, we've all three seen it. Spoilers for No Way Home. Just like Hawkeye. I should, probably should have put that out there before we talked. Oh about yeah, uh, uh, back up. Spoilers for Hawkeye. We'll put that at the you beginning. Can't get mad. We said spoilers. Okay. Oh, this uh, is the Theon life. We full on move to. We're going to end Hawkeye with out of 10. We're going to start Spider-Man with out of 10. I'm going to go Hawkeye, 8 out of 10. Uh, from a personal preference standpoint, I, I you're probably right, but I'm going to bump it to a 9. 8.5 hits you in the middle, I guess. I like Loki more oh, just because oh, I like the, the, that kind of weirdness of it, but... Um, Can I say this? I'll put it, I'll put it as... as on the same enjoyability as like the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, probably a little more just because the Christmas theme was kind of fun. My, my thing is they just personally, they introduced one of my favorite characters of all time and they nailed it. Stylistically, like, I thought they it was brought cool in too. Kate. It is perfect. I love her. Haley Steinfeld. Couldn't we, be we have and yet that... to mention pizza dog, by the way. That's true. Lucky the pizza. Dog. Can I say this though? There's some debate on what the worst, MCU TV show was like some people say Falcon Winter Soldier. I'd say a majority of people say Falcon Winter Soldier was the worst. Falcon the Winter Soldier is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have a world that we live in. I wouldn't say any of Disney's what six shows that came, were, were bad. It's like, what if in Falcon and Winter Soldier people debate on what which one was the worst one? But like we're complaining about like the most amazing time to be alive for comic fans. Um, no argument. All right, let's let's talk. No way home. Um, Spider Man. Uh, it was emotional. I like. It's one of those things where I can't say I liked it more than like Infinity War and Endgame, but I I can't say I wasn't more emotional than I've ever been in a superhero movie. Where where did you guys fall with No Way Home? I remember distinctly thinking at one point, like looking at Tom Holland's face and thinking, why is this child so good at making me cry? 
Like, what is it about him? You know, the the whole like, oh, Mr. Stark, like that scene. There's just I I don't I don't even remember what part it was. And I'm just like, God, this kid cuts to me. And then that wasn't even the most emotional thing that hit me. Oh, Andrew me. Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Oh my god, I. I hate the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Like, it caused me to not watch the second one. I hated him as Peter Parker. I didn't watch the second one. So I have not seen the scene or the movie with him and Gwen and the way that she dies. Like, I know about it. But, oh, my God, watching that scene where he catches MJ was like, oh, God, don't do not do this to me right now. Like, you know, you didn't even know. I don't even see the maze. You don't even know the reference. No, I mean, I get it. I I understand it generally, but I haven't seen it. And it was still the moment in that film that I was like, oh, my God. Second chances, Dane. Second chances. Oh, my God. It's like, he feels, oh, he got his shot to feel better about himself. Oh, don't do this. Hacksaw Ridge. (laughs) Okay, but... But that's a good point. We were just talking about Hawkeye. Let's talk about Falcon Warrior Soldier, all these Sissy Plus shows. Take it to No Way Home. You're let's say you're the producer of Spider-Man. And Kevin Feige comes to you and says, put Spider-Man in the MCU. And it seems like a no-brainer, obviously, but like you're giving up Sony's biggest ace in the hole and like giving Marvel a percentage of that. Like that's so anti- anti you but so pro consumer i could not be more happy like as like we're doing this x-men podcast spider-man's my guy he's always been my guy like i do the x-men because all my friends like the x-men spider-man will forever be my favorite hero i love this movie i love the celebration of the other movies and i i just gotta say like kevin feige he gets how to get the best out of actors He gets, like, how to make stories work. I heard, like, I've heard, like, repeatedly that he blew up this movie and forced them to have all these actors in it and was like, no, 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 if you're going to do this, let's, like, do it right. And, like, force them to, like, make Molina and Defoe, like, be in it. And then, like, force them to, like, conform to what they wanted in order to be in it. Kelsey, um, what do you think about bringing back these legacy villains? I loved it. At first, I didn't know how they would play it. Like, I thought there would be a <sighs> overlapping villain. I was kind of concerned about Doctor Strange being uh, being in it and being overlied on as, as like he was Iron Man, you know, that that yeah. would take away from um, Tom Holland. But <sighs> I... I like the chance too for some of the villains to um, get better screen time. You know, Sandman. Well, they didn't use his face; he was all sand. But obviously, Willem Dafoe was obvious. Yeah, Will. Like when brilliant. I said, I don't mean this like contradicting you or like like obviously Willem Dafoe. Like well, he like, owned it. I mean, when he played, like when he just switched through those personalities. You know, where he's just Norman and he's confused and he's scared. He has no idea where he is. He knows that something's wrong. And then when he's the goblin and he smiles and you're like, oh, never mind. Norman's not home anymore. (laughs) Norman can't come to the phone. So, I mean, and having having him be responsible for, you know, Aunt May dying and everything like that, that that was great. It's Um, amazing to me that Spider-Man is a franchise that 
one of the one of the Spider-Man franchises basically committed suicide by trying to put too many villains into a movie. And this one you just know, said, Let's and this one just like shove them. Not six, five. We're going to take all of them from that one. We're going to take some more from a couple. And then screw it. Chameleon. We're going to have two more Spider-Men, too. And it works. Well, I'm something of a Spider-Man fan myself. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 it had those moments, too, that are homages. Oh, God. It's just... I mean, some of the conversations just between all the Spider-Men, where they're, you know, talking about their web shooters. And he's like, does it come out of anywhere else? Right, yeah, you know, just so like good. silly stuff. Where it's like, oh, okay, and they did it right. Each of them felt distinctly like their own Spider-Man. Right, mm-hmm. that you got Tom Holland and everything that he was going through. That's the more, uh, you know, recent. But you got Tobey Maguire as sort of the veteran. Look, I've been through this kind of things, and then you yeah. get Andrew Garfield and sort of the halfway point of he's still processing things, but there's still a lot of really unresolved stuff under the hood with him and so they all felt distinct and like they had their own path while being the same person can i yeah. can i say something that you're not gonna like tell me i'll say this kevin feige reminded me and uh i don't want to sell watch short the director of the film i don't want to sell either of them short because he's getting ready to direct fantastic four i'm interested in Fantastic oh, is Four he? now the same guy that's directed the three Spider-Man movies is directing I'm, Fantastic Four. Here's the thing. I'm interested, as long as Kevin Feige is the producer at the helm, I'm interested in what they do because they're kind of willing to just do it. You know? They're like, they'll... Yeah, but this is his first Marvel movie. Like, he still had the answer to the director, still had the answer to Sony on certain things. So, like, it's kind of interesting because... He directed all three MCU Spider-Man films, but this is the first one where like Kevin Feige is his only boss. Well, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see, yeah, Fantastic Four just what you can do with it. Hell, you know, who do you cast? I mean, who do you make as bad guy? Do you go the way everyone else has tried in Doctor Doom it? Or are you going with something else to start with? Hell, are you crazy enough to say Mole Man is your bad guy in the first Fantastic Four movie? I'm not okay. I'm not even joking. Like, Here, like here's what I was getting to with Dane, because I feel like this is more targeted Dane. There's no excuse for comic writers because the same way that I saw Feige and John Watts respect Sam Raimi's vision and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, even though like the movies had their flaws, like you could tell they knew Andrew Garfield could handle anything they threw at them. He just didn't have the scripts and support around him. When I read House of X, when I watched the X-Men go on their away mission, I heard the X-Men animated theme song in my head. Like, comic writers can do it. Comic, like, artists can do it. Like, when you have a good team, there's no excuse for not making good comics. We can't bail comic writers and artists out. If they're good... They can make you feel the same way that Spider Man can. Yeah, because when they're bad, they can. Spider Man make... was amazing, but like when it's good, they can give you those feelings back. They can make it feel fresh and new. And there's no excuses for bad comics. I stand by that 100. percent Because House of X well, got. What if what if that comic is selling really well and you don't want to take any risks and you want to like really drag out whatever's happening for like I, five more years? 
I agree to an extent and I disagree to an extent. To say there's no excuse, I think, is just hyperbole. I, I think we, Feige has pretty unfettered power and resources. And with that, I think you are the going power to take sun unfettered powers and resources. In the palm of you, his you hands. For Paramount Pictures making sure. Iron Man films in like a different in a cave with film. a box of the scraps. <laughs> Feige did it in a cave. I'm kind of worried that we need to tell your wife about this thing with Feige, Quentin. Like, I'm, oh, I, 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 I've been secretly keeping track of how many times you've said his name this episode. Do you think, We're up at 27. Do you think when Kevin, you, you, my do man. you think when Feige leaves, though, someone's going to drop that line on the next producer when they like have a couple flops? When Feige made this in a backlot <laughs> studio <laughs> with a, with a bunch of B-list actors <laughs> and, and Paramount producers. <laughs> He resurrected <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.'s career. The guy was a drug addict. When he leaves, he is dying on that pile of money. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, regardless. He built, he built the house. He should sleep in it. All right, Ooh. you guys ready to talk comics? I think so. Is there anything else from the MCU? Okay, we, we we've got we some... Got, we're got 20 some... minutes in. We haven't mentioned the X-Men yet. We gotta... <laughs> is there an X-Men coming? Has there been anything excellent animated series? Any new, any new thing on that? Oh, that's no. true. I don't. We. I don't know that we've talked about that. That Did is we exciting. Talk about that the Disney Plus one. We talked about that a long time ago. Are you Did sure? We? Did we talk about it on on air? Well, what do you want? The fans, Kelsey, tell the fans. I don't know. You're the news guy. Bring them this at least month long news. You're the news guy. <laughs> I like. Just clearly, is... aren't happy with my news. No, I I think it was great news. Let's get into comics. Go comics. We've had great news. Go um, comics. We've got, there's some um, Immortal X-Men. There's some X-Men news. I'd rather talk about that post-Inferno, um, some of the last week where it's like some of its spoilers or like the context of Inferno number four really matters if you're going to talk about Immortal X-Men, if you're going to talk about Legion of X which is where the uh, latest news has been. So let's start by having uh, Dane and Kelsey recap Inferno number four. All right, we start off with everyone's favorite high action set pieces. (laughs) Magneto and Professor X, as we last left off, we're trying to save Moira, but guess what? Moira's not there. It's just her arm with her tracker in it. But who is there? Nimrod and the Omega Sentinel and goons. Well, after a little talk from the goons, Nimrod and Omega Sentinel decide that they will now kill the goons because now robots are taking over. I don't know how they're going to explain that when they get back to the orchestra station, but whatever. Maybe there's like no recording devices. Um, <laughs> so as such, after killing them, they basically throw down with Magneto and Professor X. Professor X showing a lot more psychic powers in the like telekinetic sphere than I realized he had when in a sheer face of rage tears Nimrod apart. Meanwhile, while the battle rages on, Destiny and Mystique confront Moira in her no place and end it all with a bullet. But it is revealed in a flashback that the assistance they received from Emma was not just where to find Moira, but a special gun designed by Forge to make 
mutants into humans. Now, not dead, but human, Moira can be killed without resetting the world. And Moira confesses her belief and plan has always been to cure mutants because they cannot be saved. Back to the action. As we continue the fight, um, basically Omega Sentinel goes for the the power dampers because everyone's got them. But guess what? Magneto controls the metal. This is a problem because he tears off her arm. But Nimrod, he has reassembled himself as Nimrod always does. And he has captured Professor X and basically says, hey, we can call this a truce. You get to leave. I get to leave. We release our respective captives. It's all good, man. After a little conversation, they decide, yeah, it'll be all right. Mainly because Professor X and Magneto want to remember this. Because they know they can be resurrected, but they won't remember it, etc., etc. So deal is struck. Nimrod, though, basically goes, ha, noob, and crushes Professor X's face. Magneto is enraged. Goes on the attack, but guess what? That power damper is still there, and beep! Now Magneto's got no powers. And without his powers, he is a victim to Nimrod and the Omega Sentinel. With the talking out of the way, Destiny and Mystique set out to end Moira once and for all. However, those plans are challenged when Cypher arrives, having listened to everything, and informs the duo that killing Moira would violate the cardinal rule of Krakoa. Kill no man. And Cypher did not come alone. He brought the muscle, including his wife, Bay the Blood Moon, his friend, Warlock, and the island itself, Krakoa. Destiny reveals they have no good options. Should they kill Moira, Destiny will certainly die and Mystique will be exiled. If they fight, Mystique will die. And ultimately, they choose the third option to let Moira escape for now. Moira walks away, now on the run, through a Krakoa portal, but leaves with a piece of warlock replacing her missing arm. We come back with a scene that we've actually already seen, as we had guessed, some of our members, that Emma brings back Professor X Magneto, to me, my X-Men. But now it's been a week, and... She informs them that she has informed all of the council about what they've been up to and says that we now all keep the secret and that that burden is on all of us. So now basically breaking the power structure that Magneto and Professor X are trying secretly created and then going through a few panels basically showing individual members as the innocent child, the broken teachers, the good guys, the bad guys, the liars, etc. We have a final scene of the table, the quiet council. Oh, also here, this was a funny thing because we kind of had this conversation about Hickman not getting to really do what he wanted to be continued forever. Forever. I read that and I had to, I just laughed. I was like, I think everyone's just like, I'm writing this right here because this is BS. So this is the end of Inferno number four. Let's talk about uh, this issue. Um, you definitely had Magneto action. You had some, I, I would say the art is like a solid 
eight and a half, nine at least. Like, it's it's not, better. not a problem. Not 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 a problem with the issue though. Would you say that? Yeah, I think art's good. Yeah, art doesn't good. detract from the not issue. Not at all. It's good. Um, I think pacing wise, it worked. Like like the amount they switched back and forth between these stories, it didn't like ever go like oh, I don't care about this part. Give me the other part. But I will say overall, for me, this was a bit of a letdown. Uh, it felt. Well, it felt like someone who has been told, no, you can't say what you really want to say. This is the bullet point you've got to hit to keep this going. So you change your ending. Yeah. That's exactly how that... that I don't last... know if I wrote too good of an ending for it. <laughs> no, even that to me, my X-Men thing, like I think that is part of his original plan. But I think other things got changed. Well, there, there was just no emotional and like nothing happened. This like, issue. do you think Moira is still alive? She got turned think, into a human. But hold like, on, do that's you think happened. Moira was supposed to survive? Do you think Cipher was even supposed to be involved to this extent? Uh, I don't think that ending stuff with the council. Where it's like, oh, we've all shared it. Now this is the status quo. I don't think that was. I think there's an argument that Cypher was meant to play a big deal at a certain point in the story like this. I think the only thing that comes down to is the last panel that everything had to end with Krakoa still existing and the X-Men still being like where they're at. I'm, I'm hard pressed to say, Oh, it would have been this or it would have been that, or it would have, I was about to say it would have been better. I'm, I'm pretty Inquiring sure. Can we keep it focused on this issue first? Yeah. Because I yeah. want to talk about this issue. I want to talk about Inferno. Then I want to talk about the Hickman era. I think for this issue, I like the things that I liked is I thought Magneto came out cool. Like Magneto comes out like a badass, right? He's yeah, got, he had the force field going. He's got some kind big action. Of. What, what was with Professor X like? Also having control of robot. That makes no sense to me. I, uh, I, I saw think that. it was supposed to be his telekinetic power going crazy. He doesn't have telekinesis. He doesn't have that. Well, he has minor, minor. He has minor amounts. No. No, he's he has a very telepath. Minor. As long as I've known Professor... Jean Grey is a telekinetic with tel- telep- like telepathy, like minor. And I've actually heard that like the Phoenix Force is what gives her the telepathy. Like there's an argument there. But like Professor X... He is a telepath. That's what he does. He doesn't move things with his mind. He freezes people because he freezes their mind, but he he cannot control objects, things in space with his mind. Honestly, when I saw that panel... Professor or Magneto, but better. uh, 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 uh. Telekinesis via X headgear, but he wasn't wearing it when he tore him apart. I mean, I don't know. You may find something. This might be like Kate Pride flying... But yeah, I'm not saying somebody hasn't done it somewhere, but yeah, in the no. history of the X. No, he, I mean he doesn't. Like that's the whole point is he is solely a telepath. So I that was I looked at that honestly. At, by the end of it, I just said it was Magneto. That's what I told myself because it's that makes not the most the sense. Same, but like it's like Hawkeye. Uh, the second you give Hawkeye super strength, it's like lame. Like right, part of Professor X's thing is like he can mind control people, but he doesn't, and he physically. He doesn't have an ability to defend himself. So, like, there's an ethical choice in every action he makes. Like, it, it makes Professor X cooler than Purple Man. 
Purple Man's a villain who can tell people to do whatever he wants. Professor X is the same. The difference is Professor X chooses not to. And the second you give him some like superpower to like fight with, you know, shooting shit people. Sorry. There's, he's not as cool to me. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. That, I mean, that is part of the, the difference. But honestly, that's a pretty small piece to this. It just, and I don't know, part of this is going to be hard to discuss in not discussing Inferno as a whole, but you but said as it. As an issue, that's a big complaint with this issue. Yeah, that's true. That's an true. issue shouldn't ruin a series for you if it's like a moment in an issue and the pace no, is no, no. so good. Like yeah. that moment can't ruin this series, but it can make this issue questionable. That's true. Just, but as a whole, this issue is just what it represents to me is a letdown. Yeah. There's just one, like, okay, on this issue that I don't like, Cypher came off way too cool to me. Like, yeah. You just, he like sauntered in like he was some anime James Bond. Right. And it's like, he's sort of the nerdy kid that I'm like, he's been language. planning this the whole time. I'm fine with him planning, but him just being in like, yeah, and I got the last well, word. And it's and- not like I haven't paid hundreds of dollars in issues to like lead up to that. Like right. why, why isn't Cypher been a big part of new mutants? We got him last, last and issue. And build up to this and like talk about like, why isn't there an issue? Like where you've like progressed him from the beginning where he goes to space and he's kind of like, even a B member of the B team. Like, why is he not like had issues between 10 of swords in a year focused on cypher? All we got was last month's where they're like, Hey, oh. cypher's actually been planning stuff. Yeah. Inferno. Yeah. yeah. Uh, planning stuff before everyone's on the Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's been planning stuff for a while before he's in space, before 10 of swords happens. And he looks like a punk. The other thing you is know. this issue, this issue just has too many moments that are like magically MacGuffin solved, right? That that the opening fight scene, like we are left in this big dramatic moment of like, wow, all of Orcus is here. And then it's like, oh, actually the robots are just going to like murder them all. And yeah. Then it's a, um, um, then it's a 2v2. Um, you know, like, how do you even explain this one? Only because they got to go back to the solar station, which last I checked was run by humans and, and uh, intelligent apes. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just leave. But I don't know if that... It's just just the fact that, like, as a reader, they promised this big thing, and then it was like, nope. And then ultimately, all of this is solved with a literal, just magic forge gun. Yeah, and then they're like, Moira mattered because she was going to cure mutant genes before people manifested their powers. But she never built up to that, though. She would right. never build up. It was like off, they like literally like showed like oh like because it hint. was like a tease like they're like oh she has a cure for mutantdom but then they're like we're gonna shoot it with a forge gun that has nothing to do with that and now it's a reveal that's worthless. Also, why didn't Professor X read that in her mind when she let him read her mind? She didn't let him read that part. I don't know. Well, that happened after he read her mind. That like. She went, I think he read well, her mind, saw it in one life she had a cure, but I think like he didn't know that she like could, like he, he might have known, but he didn't know for sure that based on the outcome of 10 of like everything he did, that she was still going to come to the term where it's like, screw it, let's not have mutants anymore. Well, I guess Emma kind of explains it though too, because she says when Professor X looks in their mind, he like looks at all the good stuff. When I look in someone's mind, I look at all the bad stuff. That's true, I guess. Like she kind of be... susses that out. 
But, yeah, this, but it, either way, why did it matter? At the end of the day, why did it matter if they had another cure? This issue got solved by a magic one gun. shot. It's a one a shot. magic gun. Why? Why? Why is it a one shot? Was it a one shot when they? I guarantee you, Forge has made a mutant cure before. How do we I'm know that? They, it. That's they just random. They just introduced magic gun and then used Does it that to solve. They're going to kill Forge next. What? Do you, why? Because he's got mutant cure. Yeah, kill Moira. He seems so bent out of shape that there's a mutant cure. But we don't know that he had it. We don't know that Emma didn't just like pull it from his brain, like the. Design. It it doesn't matter. The the point is, it was just a magic MacGuffin gun that they were like, we need also, way make not. How make did Mystique know the go for Moira? Now that you mentioned it, like I get her motive because Moira was the one that was like, don't resurrect Destiny. But like, how did she know? Emma told her. Yeah. Is that is did that happen in one of the earlier? Yeah. Emma told her. Yeah. Emma Moira exists. Yeah. Yep. Emma Emma yep. specifically spills the beans, and she she says, not only will I tell you where Moira is, I'll give you the tool to take care of it basically yeah, yeah how did she know the hunt for moira who emma. Why, why is mystique going after emma like so emma's like really the person who like screwed moira over more than anyone yeah because magneto mystique had no beef with moira no she until... didn't know right emma brought it up okay yeah yeah emma the the plant they brought emma into the fold as sort of the fourth like the the inner council, or whatever they brought Emma in, and then Emma blew it up by telling Mystique of Destiny. Okay, so let's back up. Looking beyond this issue, Inferno, we've kind of touched on the fact that like what mattered, what didn't, things that did matter. Um, it's hard when a fourth issue really blows stuff up like this one did, because it felt like it was building to something that was going to matter. How yeah. is how is how is Destiny of X different than Reign of X post Inferno? Do you guys have anything? Moira's not a mutant anymore, so she can die and it doesn't matter. But that's like not anything new. Yeah, I mean, they yeah they, they they've reset the old status quo pre Dawn of X. They've made it to where there's no stakes because it <laughs> used to be if Moira could die, that's a change. It would it would mean they could re. They the still X-Men. got resurrection. Now you can't reboot the X Men without like a new stupid way. But like the, everything's stupid. I I don't mean that as a criticism. Everything is stupid. Yeah. No, no, I know but, you. But point being, like you guys get what I'm saying. Like yeah. they've lowered the stakes where it's like it used to be Moira was a walking gun where the X Men could get rebooted. At any there was moment. not a That's ticking kind of time cool bomb. Out there. To yeah. Have, yeah. To have a walking retcon character where if you kill her, all the positive changes we made don't matter. Like that. That's interesting. I mean, to be fair, from a creative standpoint, she's still out there. I mean, you hand it yeah. off to someone's new hands, and they say, "And Orcus finds her. They figure out how to undo that and, or reactivate her X gene because it's still yeah. there. It's just dormant or something." And then, I mean, you're you right. Can write, you can write that away pretty. Well, easy. If you're going to do that though. Then don't read comics and just like make it up in your head because. <laughs> I could. I mean, they shot her with a mutant curing gun. Shoot so, her with a, a mutant uncuring gun. Right. Well, that's has kind of one. a complaint we've had about books, period, though, is like everybody's got a mutant, like, uh, dampener. Inhibiting. Yeah. yeah. And Did, it happened yeah, again, maybe. It happened again. <laughs> Permanently. But no, no, no. But other than that, in the, the fight with Nimrod, they had the power dampener on Magneto. Like, yeah. everybody has these things. Yeah. But here's the thing. 
you are right, Quinn. The, your opening line on this was, it's a letdown. And I hate, I hate ending our podcasting experience in the X-Men on this, but it is, it's a letdown because when you look, when I look back on this in five, 10 years, I'm not going to remember Inferno because nothing changed. The council is still the council. Yeah. The big change is Moira, the character that's been squirreled away and unseen, you brought out of the dark just to push her back into a different dark for me to forget about her. And they never and, brought Sabretooth back out. I really expected that to happen as part of some type of weird Island Krakoa has a serial killer on the loose, basically. No, nothing. No. And what makes it worse is they point it out to you that literally the ending of this book is Destiny saying, we have three options. Here's the most interesting one. Here's the middle interesting one. And here's the one where literally nothing happens. And then as the reader, you have to watch them pick that one. I mean, what a cardinal sin to say here are different and directions again, we could go. And we're picking the one that changes nothing. But here's the thing. Hickman wrote that, though? No. Well, I think he wrote it. There's a part it, of yes. me that thinks he almost wrote it to say middle finger. Like, this is what happens. But I don't know. Again, I kind of have trouble... You don't want to be like the John Stewart situation that happened recently. I don't want to just uh, 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 he he updated that with saying it's like we were just joking. That's what I'm saying though. You don't want to be the one that's like Hickman blew it up. He said that like in his comic he said like they they inhibited him told that he had the same interesting story. And I don't know what he would have done or what he wouldn't have done. And at this point, I think most of it's just speculation. But it's like literally the end of that book is here are here are literally three options we could choose. And we're telling you, as a comic creator, we're picking the one that makes no change. Everyone's yeah. going to go back to their corners, and we'll start over. Yeah, I just, I, I, I think that you know, that obviously, this wasn't Hickman's plan. He just kind of wrote where it's like, well, this keeps things the status quo, and this is what I have to do, and here, because no and one then, else wanted to go on. Okay. That- that Charles, when he gets brought back, he's like, Emma, what did you do? And she's like, the same thing you would have done. Something radical. Nothing. Now they're just, they just go back to being the council. Okay. Um, let's talk about the Hickman era and, and this like, Inferno's place and uh, this issue at the place of the Hickman era. So you got, it starts with House of X number one. You have this bold new Krakoa nation. Krakoa resurrection going on in issue number one. We come to this. It's where we're at. We're going to continue with the Krakoa nation thing. There's no longer a danger of things being reset. I would argue like. Is there a. I guess robots could win. We haven't even talked about like what the late. The ramifications of like Nimrod being anti-human is. There, there are none. Robots are bad guys. Wow. Yeah. They're yeah. just like, they were the bad guys. We're tired of they being the They were bad guys. Now they're just like, we're on our own bad guy team. It's like, robots being bad guys is literally yeah. the definition of the X-Men. Yeah. Sentence. We're evil. Right. But like, it's like, we're the bad guys <laughs> yeah. is the reveal. And it's like, yeah. I watched that cartoon Why did in they? 1993. Why did they? Even, even if you're super smart robots, like, to quote Magneto, in chess, the pawns go first. Right. 
Let them do the work, and then just right. you can clearly just wipe them out with a snap of your fingers. <laughs> like have them all pull out. And the but, grenades why is and that the reveal then too? <laughs> but hold on, like like why is this the reveal that you're you're turning against humans too, and not like oh we got the master mold station back online? Like now I get that like it. mutants oh. always win, but like how is killing all the humans? No, no, no. no, no. Think it's in general, last issue the the explanation from uh in this timeline mutants always win because remember what's her uh, name Trump? right right omega so she says mutants are gonna like win. in this yeah. timeline this actually that's that's kind of the pluses the twist is moira doesn't know this omega sentinel does in this timeline mutants, mutants always. always win and so how does killing humans help that help that scenario mm, nope also, I just realized yeah, something was... else that made me mad. You remember last issue of Inferno where we had that really deep moment where there was starting to be a grinding of gears between Eric and Charles where yeah. Eric was sort of going back to his ways and he was like, look, we tr- we tried and this is how it always goes. And it was like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. And then this issue, it's just Magneto's like, are you with me, Charles? And he's like, always. And it's like, oh, did we just... I don't think that necessarily has to be bad. I think it was bad in the context of what we got. Because it was like... I mean, what did you expect to say? Always accept that No, just that don't give me that line. Don't give me a line that shows them exactly on the same page in, like, super unity. Like, I... I the, yeah, <laughs> the interesting part was that they were, like, grinding... Or, like, show, show something like that. Tell. Like, or, show that Professor X is with Magneto and have it be a point where it's like... Okay. Or tell, have them. You're quarrel. not going to be resurrected if you stay with him. But I'll let you. I'll let you leave if you give me her back. And Professor X goes. Instead, it was the opposite. Right. Or have them fighting, and then just have Charles say something like, "We can. We can deal with this later." You know what I mean? Like this is a more immediate threat. But why tease me with that little like? Oh, look, they're starting to like rub the wrong way. This is falling apart. But then, not really. They're a super unified team, and. It, now the whole secret's out anyway, so who cares? Unity. Okay, Inferno is bad. Can we all agree on that? Like, when, when you talk about a series... Well, Inferno uh, 4 was Inferno bad. 1 through started. 3 were good comics. Yeah. yeah, they were setting something up. Did I they, thought set they were setting up? something up? Yes! I was wrong. Uh, they did no, not no, set apparently up. Not. Oh, no, they set it up. Can I, can I say... Was, they set oh, it up. This, this is going where I'm going. There, we're going to talk no rankings later. Inferno Ten of Swords was better. Uh, I put this on a list. Let me check. Uh, I have Ten of Swords better, but I'm also just in the immediate bitterness of him. Oh, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. But uh, maybe it's the immediate bitterness for me. I don't know. So, when you take that into account... I guess you could say Ten of Swords is better because it changed yeah, more. Yeah, that's I true. would argue that. Like, it, it had a point. Like, there were things that happened. It's but not much like, better on my list, but it's better. I was just... It was so hard because well, I was thinking so. there's three Hickman written issues of Ten of Swords. There's Genesis, Stasis, and Evolution, or what, I forget what the last Creation? one. Creation. Genesis was the first one. Stasis thought, was the Stasis one was the bad one. Whereas I Creation the was the first one. Nah. <laughs> Looking it up. Go ahead. Keep. Going. Okay, so there's three issues that Hickman wrote. And Stasis was like the laughable one because it was like nothing happened in the middle. But is it Evolution, Exodus? Like, 
They had an arm creation, stasis, destruction. Oh, so there's no Genesis. That is correct. What? You made that up. Genesis one would have been a good one of the events though. was <laughs> one of the events was a wedding. Okay, this would have been a good name though. <laughs> okay. Creation hot takes and insights that you come to this podcast for. They had a dance competition. They had a dance yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah. Drink contest. Arm oh, wrestling. Pog or, okay. Pog okay. or Pog. If you take the three Hickman written issues, though, versus these four, I feel like he had more to say with Apocalypse than he did with this series. He had what? He had more to say with Apocalypse yeah. than he had. And here's the thing that's sad to me. Call me out on this if I'm wrong. He had more to say with Apocalypse than he did with Moira and Professor X. Yeah. I did not think we'd be here where Hickman's done, and he has very little to say with Moira and Professor X. I I <laughs> want to go back to I think he's hamstrung. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not I saying it's fair to want. him. What 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 do you what did you want him I to got, write? What did you want him to write that would upset the status quo of what well, I what think, it's hard to be like in my division wanted. But like Professor X could be a bad guy and at least we'd be left with something that doesn't disrupt Krakoa but like sets things to be different in the future. Like they've set up for Professor uh, X to be a bad guy. Yeah, except they're all going, "Wait a minute." Professor X can't be the bad guy. Everyone else is telling you, no, no, no. That messes it up. I, I don't know what you're saying right now, but I will say, like, if Professor X had betrayed I'm Magneto he was and just been am- soulless and into, like, a callous nation building where it's, like, about building himself up, I can, like, once you acknowledge that with Inferno, at least Inferno was the point where it's like, okay, Professor X is a bad guy. Like, now I'm still in this always vanilla yeah i think he was told no but he could you could even do that kill both of them so neither of them remember it moving forward but then you as the reader at least know even though professor x doesn't know yeah right that's what i mean is that you as a it, it gets revealed to you as a as a reader like oh he will do anything and it, it doesn't count because it didn't really happen now they've been reset. But you as the reader know that's where his well, mind is. And at. even Nimrod killing those people, Nimrod kind of got destroyed or whatever. Or whatever. Like, Professor X and Magneto die. It's like, Nimrod goes back Nimrod and he's just destroyed. like, yeah, Magneto killed everybody. Like it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it's like, what happened? Nothing. <laughs> I, hate, I hate being so negative at the end of this, but it's just... Yeah. It's just such a cool buildup for. A, it's not even a bad delivery. There just isn't anything. Have you guys heard no, about the no Jay and Miles explain the X Men interview with Hickman from this week? A little bit. I've seen some headlines, but so like one of the big things no. is like giant size X Men. All the issues we're supposed to be building to Storm and T'Challa. Storm was pregnant with T'Challa's baby. Was like supposed to be the big thing. And Storm okay. was supposed to have the baby in the new world, like Phantom X's world. Oh, yeah. Remember Storm? That's a whole thing. So she oh, was yeah. going to have the baby there. It would grow up and come out at a certain point. But that never happened. So a giant size ended up being pointless because they wouldn't let him have that. So all the giant size books were all supposed to. Because remember, like, remember how Magneto's tied in the Namor and stuff? Like, 
They're every one of them was supposed to tie into this kid, and then it never happened. Like they completely made the whole point pointless. So we just got one issue of Phantom X and two hundred and fifty ish X books, and yeah. it was like, oh, actually, never mind. So like that that got broken down. At least that one makes sense because it's like they didn't want T'Challa to have like they didn't want another like they didn't want a T'Challa to have a kid that he wasn't raising and being a part of their life and like I get that protecting the T'Challa character right and wanting to limit your moving pieces and stuff but it it does like I said in some ways we're never going to know what could have been but (laughs) it's out there in his head somewhere yeah man what are you you, any any last thoughts let's any last thoughts on Inverno Who's giving the speech at the end of the book? Oh, there's a speech at the end of the book? The whole... Well, Yeah, that we made a thing, an act of pure creation, an act of desperation, to once and for all save our people, all of them. And then it goes through the whole, the founders, the faithful, the the liars. What about about destiny? They made a play to save... So is it Mystique? That's what I'm asking you. Who, Who... You're giving, like, these generic trite the words but they, they're not even done. from anybody done. done watcher like how is this how is yeah, this meaningful to anybody. me the whole last part is is a mutant? meaningless the whole last part is completely it it, it is it's, when it, you no. say the whole last part it, do you mean the whole do event okay no I let's don't mean the whole let's event. take the whole this event. away Yes, you're right. I'll say this. I'll say this. this. Because no, no, no. Because because of the very last part being so worthless. Yes, it renders the entirety of the Destiny on the council series. That's that's what changed. Colossus and Destiny are on the yeah. I don't. I want to know what cipher was going to. There's a fan voted. There's a fan voted and like Krakoa Nation voted governing body that is the X Men. They might not like make laws for them, but like. That's who the people elected to represent them. And they do nothing. But at the same time, like, what does the council do? Nothing. But I also want to know what Cypher was getting from his power play. Oh, he saved Moira. Okay, here's the deal. I will say that. Like, Cypher comes across like a hero. Like, you don't murder people. That's right. enough said, and that's enough Cypher for me. I actually didn't mind, as negative as you guys were, I was kind of like, Oh, Cypher's an X-Men. He saves people. That's what he does. Yeah, but he doesn't do it in the most heroic attitude. It's more like, yeah, haha, here's this loophole, and guess what? I've got but plans then why, on my own. I, I don't know. Now I'm, I'm probably just going down a, a dark spiral hole here, but then he just like releases her, just like, all right, you can wander the world, though, even though I know your plan is still to like remove mutants, like cure mutants of their mutantdom. Like, why is it not like a, hey, we're not going to kill you? Because killing like, people is wrong. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to kill her. That makes there's, me like Cypher more. But there's a gray area between not killing her and just releasing her into the wild to be hunted by Destiny and Moira. Or by Destiny and Mystique. Like, there's an in-between there. Yeah, but, like, I almost feel like Destiny and Mystique have, like, resurrection to fall back on. And, like, there is a cure whatever, but I feel like they won. Like, Moira knowing that she can't be resurrected, like, is fine. 
She's a human. So they can't even resurrect her mutant wise legally. Right. I can legally. go against the rules with the five and stuff. She's not even a clone of Moira. Do the rules say they can't resurrect? Yeah, they can only. Uh, they couldn't resurrect Scarlet Witch because she wasn't a mutant. Well, hold on, though. Now we've got the question of she. Moira was a mutant. So was she Wanda. Was, so was her Scarlet power Witch. was removed. No, she never was. <laughs> her power was removed from her. Now that got retconned. Moira, Moira was a human who got retconned into a mutant. mutant. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yep, Kelsey. now she's a mutant. I'm just saying she can be resurrected. I don't. Okay. I'm so, I'm so you kill her now, they can resurrect her. Uh, it, it's not how you want to end it. Okay, let's talk about where Inferno fits. Okay, if you guys were to go, this is our last issue from an examination podcast point of view. Um, unless something crazy happens, I'm never going to say never. But unless they announce Hickman's coming back or the Immortal X Men, like, actually isn't stupid. Uh, I think You're this stupid. is the end of the examination podcast. So with that, we're going to have our official power rankings, uh, favorite book. Let's go. Dane. My number one book pound for pound, number which includes that. to be clear for our clarifications, events count as like a series. So like Hellions is the same as Excalibur. That was like a issue one, like and Marauders is the same as 10 of swords, uh, creation, stasis, destruction. I, in fairness, I just grouped them sort of all together. So, like, I consider Ten of Swords, like, a book of 18 issues. So, here's a question. Can yeah. Marauders in Ten of Swords count against Marauders? I, I think it's just however you want to look at it. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I, because, I think it does because, change things, though. Sure. I, I agree, because they are still written by those same authors, understanding there's some constraints. But... Overall, the best book of because I'll this. say this: Duggan did worse in that than like Ben Percy. Yeah. Like when yeah. Wolverine had like what's his name fighting um the oh, f- I can't remember. Thanks. I got when, when when Wolverine wow. had um he was fighting Apocalypse's wow. son uh, Summoner. Like that was a better issue than anything like Duggan did. You think on Solemn? Oh, you are no, in some yeah, Okay, so anyways, okay. All right. Well, I'm just glad to hear what he said. Okay, best okay. book, Dane. The best book that we have read for this podcast, it's Hellions. Like I, I think that's Kelsey? I, I don't know what the other way to go is. Yeah, he's no, hundred percent correct. Quentin, surprise us. House of X. I'm waiting for you to no, really? No, he's a liar. Number two, number two is Hellions for me. Don't lie. No, Don't you're lie. trying to be contrary. Yes, not. Yes. I'm Wait yes. Thanks for yes. Thanks for no. saying no. this. No, I swear. Why House of X? How can House of X, after you saw what happened with Inferno, and you go, so this is the I ending of his Inferno dream. Was coming out. Wow. It completely... When but Kel- you've when read it. Quentin is... With a woman intimately, he's thinking of Kevin Feige and Hellions. Don't let him lie to you. <laughs> it's nothing to do with House of X. House of X, man. Like, I... Dane, I think if we had said House of X, he would have said that. And then he just sort of roasted us. You fools, are you kidding me? Okay, yeah. so... Do you my know what, my number one, two, three is House of X, 
hellions powers of 10. Um, oh, I put, I, I think Hawks pucks are inseparable as a, I don't think you can split those as like a, they're one no, story. You really can't. You, we didn't okay. even, you didn't read them. Would one anybody argue them, that like, Hawks Fox and hellions aren't one and two? Yeah. Hawks Fox is my four. Whoa. Kelsey, what's your number two? Hmm. 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 I'll I'll go Hawksbox. Okay. That's my number two. And then after that, probably like New Mutants. I really liked New Mutants. I enjoyed it. Okay, okay. So you got Hawksbox number two. Uh Dane, what'd you go with number two? Cable. Cable's number three. Oh dang. Come on, you know what my number two is. If I could have put it one, I would have. No. Yeah, I loved WaveX. Okay. Oh yeah. So Way of X I, in, I forget Way of X was so short, I kind of forget about it. Does Way of X include Onslaught Revelation? Yes. Well yeah, it has to. It's a separate that was an event. Yeah, Where's but it, it, it no, don't give me it, that. It is the finale of, of Way of X. Finale wasn't great, but overall it's still my number two. As far as what I enjoyed reading, what I looked you, forward to. You hold on. I want to get a quote here. You think Dude, you don't have Hellions number was one. A I don't better think opinion matters. Read then House of X and Powers of Ten. No, I'm talking about my favorite. What I got excited for, what I looked forward His to, what I enjoyed reading. Way of X. He's basically saying the Houston Texans are number one in his personal power ranking heart. I don't, I don't even know what that means. And then Cable is my three and Hawks Pox is my four. Okay, okay. All right. Um, Notice nobody had Trial Magneto up there. Uh, I didn't include Trial Magneto because we read two we didn't issues. Finish of it. it. Yeah, we never finished it. All right. Um, we did read five issues of X Core. Let that sink in. It's All not. Right. It's, so, it's not on the list. I'll tell you I, that. I'm gonna skip what book. I think we're all gonna agree on this. What book surprised you the most? Like what book? Like Hellions. is better? Okay, Hellions. 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 I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Okay, of the not top three. Can you guys let's finish out our top threes? My third was Cable, so like that's done. Like, uh, Kelsey, what was your third? Hawksbox two, Hellions one. Oh, New Mutants. New Mutants. Yeah, New Mutants is high for me too. Is that your three? It's your three. No, his was Cable. Cable was my three. Okay, um, let's talk Cable and let's talk New Mutants. Cable was a book by Duggan. Uh, Marauders number one. I mean, could arguably be the best issue of this era. I think it's up there. Yeah. But uh, it fell off relatively quickly. Like even two and three, there was still a little bit of like magic there. But by the time you got six, seven, it kind out, of, out of the first slip. arc. Yeah. It started. Yeah, started to slip a little. So um, cable, I think carried through what Duggan could do better. I think it had an idea of what the book was and it never let go. Um, I think it, having one character it was able to really focus better than marauders was uh any complaints or thoughts on cable outside of like obviously dana and i loved it kelsey um maybe the ending was a little too corny action i guess yeah and i'd say the whole book was corny action right that's what it but that's what it was i mean but really, I don't have like a, a ton of complaints for it. Um, 
I think it, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, it's hard because we're all diehard fans of these characters. And I think cable is like kid cable. It's not the cable you're used to. Um, I think that's what made it so magic Except for though, when they right? brought back old cable. Because it was, it, it had a, a good, at least a solid through line story. It knew what it was in sort of a cheesy action adventure. It introduced us really in a lot of ways to this new character, Kid Cable, establishing who he was. But we also got more glimpses of what the what the whole island was of Krakoa through Through this character, right? And like what it meant personal perspective, what it meant being sort of like you know the first son of Krakoa and the you know the Summers family and the friends that he made and the relationships that he had. Captain Krakoa, Um, Kelsey, what made New Mutants? Uh, a top one for you one i didn't see it coming uh two they're dealing with a lot of characters and kind of like you were saying with the uh view of krakoa through a kid's eyes um you were dealing with krakoa through these young individuals eyes uh the young individuals who have actually gotten older who are now mentors also like the you know you saw magic and warp at them in a leadership role wolfsbane leadership role um and then you, you know, you got to see, they got back into the, some of the galactic stories, which were fun. Um, they also, they also made some good choices, like when they go off to Nebraska, with just like the D team, and have an emotional uh, uh, adventure that way. Um, and, and I'll agree, of- it's interesting because... The first arc was Hickman, and I'd say that's as good as anything out there. And, like, somebody picked up and did something different, but the heart was still the same and still worked. Like, this book is well, very they, weird that way. And the, the question of second chances was brought up a lot. Um, You know, your past mistakes, do they follow you? Uh, is the bad guy necessarily the bad guy? Etc. I, I just I I like the way they approached everything, especially given how much they were dealing with from a creative standpoint. You know, you have that many characters to juggle; it can overwhelm you. Yeah, that book hit emotionally harder, had more emotionally hitting moments than I think any book. Well, that, that and that were true to the mutant and X Men. Identity. Right. And, and the characters like, yeah. Other books what... had more emotion, I would argue, but it was because of your connection with the characters. Like this was a true X-Men book in an era where Krakoa was a thing where it was like, it was about the kids, which that's, is true to the X-Men. That's that yeah. scene where Herman Glob is like feeding the chickens and talking about, you know, his relationship with his father. It was like, and that was an Andrew Garfield, no way home yeah. moment for me. Like, uh-huh. and to get that from Herman Glob, like you're doing something right. Yeah. Or glob. Um, okay. So I'm going to throw some books out there. I, and I want you to talk about like X core had the strongest finale, the weakest opening, I would argue. X core. The, the end of X core was really good to me. The teeny Howard angel book. End of X core. Oh. oh, I think it I ended. Didn't... Yeah, it did. Well, I don't good. think it ended well, though. I think it ended with the issue we had. Like, where like there was that big attack on the tower, like it was so bad at the beginning. All right, whatever. Oh, I'm not no, trying to focus on. I'm not trying to focus on um, negative books. All right. Uh, well, you just asked us about this negative book. <laughs> okay, here's a question I had. 
Uh, X-Men had two authors. We had the author of Cable, a top three book for us. We had the author of Marauders, which was at one point the number one book for several of us. Um, yeah. Who did X-Men better out of like Hickman or Duggan? Duggan. Uh, probably Hickman. I mean, I would, just... ar- I would agree with you because he is easy as it is to talk crap on his like rotating, um, Krakoa world building thing. It was like, he still had the Magneto issue, for example, that was like the empire tie. And where it's just like Magneto, yeah. the hero of mutants. He still had moments where it was like Cyclops and his family. And those yeah. stand out to me much more than like giant robot X-Men. I know it's been two and a half years, but I, there is a party that still clings to how great that opening of Marauders was. Like, there's a, I mean, we are done with the podcast, and I'm still like ready and on my toes to be like, guys, it could get good again at any yeah. moment. It could be happening. Well, we could get that. I'll say this: Marauders number one felt like an X Men. Like it should, it could oh, be yeah. if they relaunched that book as X Men number one it'd work. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um. Any, any thoughts on that, Kelsey? I know Dane kind of commented on it a little. Duggan or Hickman? Duggan felt more like they had a team, I guess, a consolidated team. Um, but even though Hickman's jumped around with a bunch of different stories, I probably enjoyed the the Hickman ones more. I think I brought it up every time we'd read them where I'd be like, I, I liked it. I, you know, I still got that X-Men feel out of yeah, it. Yeah. As individual issues, they were all strong. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of that, I wanted to mention like, that was another thing. Did you guys know, um, the issue where Vulcan is on the moon? Yeah. Hickman talked about that. Yeah. He said that like, nobody was alive in that issue besides like characters that were in other books. Like the two girls that were with them were dead and they're in his head. Oh. Like you, you couldn't tell, but it was something he never got to tell. Hmm. Like like Vulcan's crazy. The, you know, all the Vulcan stuff, all the Vulcan stuff just disappeared after that. Vul- Vulcan's they insane. Went nowhere with Vulcan. Yeah. Other than powering stuff in X Corps. Like the two girls that are with them aren't there. Like it's like written to where they're not supposed to be there the whole time. Oh. And it's just him like having friends, but he doesn't really because he's got PTSD from what he went through. Right. Going on the the initial Krakoa mission in Deadly Genesis. Isn't he in Cancerverse or something? Wasn't he there for a while? I don't know. I don't think they got into that. Shumagorath. It was they get into something where they pull him out of something out of the rift or something. Yeah. Well he was way he was in um war of kings or whatever but like it's all supposed to mention yeah he's a mental illness character like he's not that just didn't go yeah. away um okay so other books we have marauders we talked about falling off a little um of x-force i think it was my book that just it had the fatal flaw of bad characterization of beasts like this is an issue this is a book that i think was better than it was but like the same way that you're like, okay, you can't get on the Hickman because he did Professor X kind of dirty or or changed Moira. It was like it was hard to get past Beast with X Force. Would you guys agree that that was the big issue with it? Yeah, uh, that was always my complaint. I'm like, I don't. I, why is Beast doing this? This doesn't seem like Beast. Why is Beast like this? Why is he torturing these people? Honestly, you know, keep Quentin Tarantino, keep Domino, not Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Get my yeah, Quentin keep Quentin Choir, keep Domino, 
keep Wolverine. Like those core three with Beast doesn't make sense. But those three, like if you just would have made Beast make sense, I think this book works way better. It was hard to get past Beast for this book. For me, at its core, X Force was best when it focused on Quentin Quire. When yeah, I, I think when I think about the X Force book in my head. I'm going to think about it as a Quentin Quire book. And I'm going to go back and read it and be like, oh, he was kind of only the focus in like three of these. I, I agree with you, but I will say like the early issues focusing on Zeno were still good before we realized. Oh my God. It. Do you remember Zeno? They were so when it was. Yeah. I, I, I think X-Force out the gate, like it yeah. was Marauders X. I don't think you guys remember that because Marauders but, was so good. I mean, but before, the only book that could keep up with it was X-Force at the beginning. It was so cool until. Mikhail in the Cerebro Sword, uh, Ten of Swords tie-in, by the way, yeah, uh, showed up. Oh, there was okay. Ten, to ten counter your Inquire thing, like the Colossus train issue was good. Like no, no, Domino was. being skinned by Zeno and like saving her was good. Wolverine getting cut in half by a portal, like before you knew how portals worked and stuff, right. was good. No, you're you're yeah. right. There are like you're not you're saying and stuff. There are good moments. Like I said, in my head, I remember it. Moore's choir, but there are great moments in, in X Force. Yeah, like not. I, I didn't mean that to crap on the choir stuff because I would agree that's the no, best. no, no. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying like X Force is a book that I think is going to go down underappreciated because of the Beast characterization more than it deserves. Probably hindsight. Um, X Factor that was a book you guys really liked. So we got the. It, it's kind of tainted because a part of me is like, oh, I didn't really care for X Factor, and I feel like the. Uh, trial of Magneto being not about Magneto and being about the Avengers and being scatterbrained and whatever. Like you guys really liked X factor. Uh, the murder mystery spoke to you and the characterization, the focus on not a level characters. You guys still have those strong feelings about X factor. The original run of it was good up until you knew that the ending was coming and it felt like they were just jamming yeah everything they could into it and it became less about the murder mystery. When it was the murder mystery stuff, that was cool. When you had different characters trying to figure out using their powers in different ways. Um, you know, the eye boy, you know, using his different forms of vision to help them out. Uh, uh, Rachel using her ability to, um, Oh, what is it where it's you like chemistry, can... like reading objects? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you read objects like that was that was interesting, you know, and trying to discover, and, you know, finding out in Mojo verse, you know, someone who basically got paid to blow her own brains out. I mean, th there were there were some really interesting and seedy kind of stuff in North Star really came into his own as a character. I mean, he was just great. Yep. I mean, anti-establishment, but also in charge and just. He was, he, they did really good, a good job. Leader, yeah. Um, I want to talk about a few other books before we run out of time. Uh, Juggernaut, a highlight. Like, yep. We really like uh -huh. Juggernaut. I don't think it was like a good tight story. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, that, that might be in my top five A good because oh, it is really? so tight. a good tight story. Oh, that... it, I love the character, but also like Dane saying tight. So, I mean, just extremely well executed. They knew what they wanted to do and they did it. And then they got out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that thing. That thing was extremely well executed. That is, that looks like someone who is a professional. Um, no lost sleepover. Fantastic Four X Men. Second, um, forgot it was second, the thing. second from Thank the bottom. You. 
Thank you for reminding me. What, what's, what took the bottom for you? Fallen Angels? Come on. It was so bad, I kind of miss it. <laughs> Babyface I'm just still disappointed Apoth wasn't more of a thing. Well, it, I, okay, I'm glad you can say that about the book. One. Two, the writing wasn't great characterization-wise. Concept, it's a cool concept. Apoth is concept a decent bad cool. guy. Characterization but was terrible. Characterization's Art so bad. Terrible. Art's so bad. But like even then, like there's still panels that look cool. It's just like you see a face and it's like a baby. Like draw Mr. That's exactly where I was going. They drew Mr. Sinister and like the panels look cool. Like think I about the panels were not yeah. traditional. Think about they got Sinister away from that book and we got Hellion Sinister. We got okay. Cable yeah. away from that book and we got Cable. I think X23 to a lesser extent because she maybe wasn't done as dirty or hit as high as highs, but moved on to X-Men, was like, think about that. Hellions and Cable are characters that took characters from this, and how much better it is, how much more right that was done. The characterization is just, I know the art is bad, and we say stuff, and it's like, okay, the concept, but it's just, it's the characterization that is borderline unforgivable. Okay, so last, one of the last challenges I have here, um, Better story arcs from Hickman. Okay. You've got his New Mutants run, his initial, like the first six issues of New Mutants, Children of the Vault, or his three Ten of Swords stories. Out of those three stories, what do you go? I'm going New Mutants. I'll take New Mutants. I will also take New Mutants. Yeah. I like Children of the Vault stuff, but like it, it didn't seem like it went. It took so long to, to resolve. Well, I, I just want to see if your opinion changed. I, I'm with you, but I just want to see if people's opinions change. Now you just had all three. And there's not that year long wait in between. Yeah. Do you appreciate like, the story more or no? I don't only because I wish they had spent a year being in the vault. I wish they had given me stories of them the whole year of them in the vault to make it really yeah, feel depressed. like God, they've been in, they've been in there forever. All right. You know, well that, that brings up the last thing I want to talk about, which is, this is not something I enjoy. I don't enjoy this. Can I be clear? I don't enjoy this. Oh, okay. What was the book that just, when, when you look back on this, what hits your bottom, bottom spot? You went Fallen Angels. You went Fallen Angels? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through some... Giant Size Nightcrawler was pretty stinking bad. Giant Size? You're putting Giant Size in that category? Oh, I, I could pick on Excalibur. We're, we're different. But I got so... My, I got so used to Excalibur. My nominees are like, Wolverine. That's your bottom. Uh, I'm I'm reading my bottom books. Wolverine, you're gonna disagree. Gonna say children of the Adam. He's gonna say children. Of the children Adam. of the <laughs> children of the Adam. You don't even know what you're talking about. Children of the Adam. You even comic bro. X Core. Excalibur. And Fallen Angels. But the the last, I'll say. X okay. Factor, I'd had low. You guys didn't have that. But we, we also haven't talked about Sword. 
Is like I know you guys crap on Bro, Sword on, we right. never got okay, to hold finish on, hold it. on, hold on. Sword's still ongoing. I, I can't hold on. Children of the Atom and Wolverine are not in my top ten. But you are putting no. them below X-Men Fantastic Four. Oh, I forgot about X-Men Fantastic okay, Four. Okay, okay. All right. That's we, we can have I'm difference of opinion. At my ongoing list, but we can right. have difference of opinion. Okay, all right. All right. Just um, sure. I Go. honestly I put Wolverine above X-Men Fantastic Four. I you do not. You do not. You do. stop. Stop before you say something dumb that you regret. This will be published on the Same. internet for forever. He's You're about right. to say X Men Fantastic Four is better than Children of the Atom. How, Quentin? Please, you explain. may someday. Explain that you, a minute. you may someday. No, explain your want to talk your about comics me. again, and you may want people to take your opinion seriously. Kitty Pride could fly. Yes. I know. Yeah. Is that a plus in your book? <laughs> Are you arguing? <laughs> it did more than Inferno did. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, no, it didn't. It because remember, that, this... it gave an excuse for why Krakoa just doesn't become a nation state of Latveria like they should. It may have well, done more than Inferno did, but that's state. not. That's not to boost it up. All right, I I wanted to play twenty questions. Um, I'm gonna play. I'm going to play uh, two questions and uh, we're going to play like the category is was Hickman's run of X-Men enjoyable? We get two questions. Oh, yeah. We get two questions. No, no, no yeah. questions needed. Yes, of course it was. It yeah. was enjoyable. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. It had ups. It got me it excited to read X-Men stuff again. Yeah, it had ups. It had downs. But yeah. overall, there are high moments that I'm going to remember about the X-Men for forever. And it, it shook stuff up. And if nothing else, it's put them back premierly in the comics world. Like, think about this. We made a list of the, all the different X books since it started. It's 22 books. Yeah. It's a lot of books. How, do you remember back when you just got, like, uh, X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue? And you were happy yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, is there a character? What character came out of Hickman's run that you're most, like, you're a fan of that character that you weren't beforehand? It's. Mm. I'll say Apocalypse is less cheesy than me. Yeah, a Sinister was entertaining. Yeah, that's true. Gillen did a lot of good work with Sinister though. Before that, he did. It's that version of Sinister. Because my thought is, I want to say I think Magic came out really well, but I liked Magic going in. Yeah, but you were a fan yeah. of yeah, yeah. I love Nightcrawler in. I think most Magneto of this, came out I, really well, but Magneto was. I awesome loved yeah, Magneto going in. Yeah. I don't know that nanny and oh, nanny came out well. But yeah, Hellions is the Hellions. Everybody in Hellions. Yeah. yeah, everyone in Hellions did really well. Fabian Cortez and Sword. We didn't talk about Sword a lot. Oh yeah, I liked Fabian Cortez. Oh, and Sword. I'll take it. I'll take North Star. You're going North Star. Oh yeah. Okay. I I agree. Yeah. I'm. I'll as as a character who surprised me, a single individual character, a character that I came in that I would well, I would want to North read Star more. Is a more interesting read, but I will say like. Uh, going from I absolutely despise everything about this and it's gimmicky, Cable. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Young Kid cable. cable, I thought was like dumb as dumb comes. Right from Fallen Angels. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're yeah. you're right. You're right. Looking at it, I probably should have jumped out earlier. But no, th- no, no, I mean, yeah. those are the kind. Of, those are the kind. I think of North characters. Star is a solid pick. I think yeah. Quentin Choir would be another solid pick if you didn't, weren't a big like. Because um, I can see people not liking Morrison. 
they they really um wrote that character well but some people aren't a fan of um everything they said about him but due to hickman and his running comics like x-men are nimrod oh yeah 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 nimrod Nimrod. but you like nimrod beforehand wow did we really did we though Yes. Oh, he's Nimrod. Back when he was a construction worker disguised as a human until that family took him in. Dude, I like when Nimrod just floated around and didn't like have any mobile parts of his body. Uh, honorable mentions. We've got um, we got Betty Braddock. Didn't know that she was so cool as Captain Britain before this book. That's how you want to take this out, <laughs> Betsy. Betsy Braddock? I don't care. I mean, there, there's an argument that Psylocke, like Quan and Psylocke, is on that. No, that's just Psylocke. She's normal Psylocke. It, like, it's just Psylocke. I don't... I want to go out happy, Quentin. <laughs> I want to know how Saturnine designed her turn. Saturnine, another, another big character. Like that. Goro. I've learned <laughs> the love. You're gonna fight. You're gonna fight in an endless stream of opponents. What kind of tournament is this? I had to fight myself. All right. Um. Thank you guys so much for listening. Any. Uh. Let's start with. Uh. Well, I just want you guys both to chime in. Like, we don't need to make it. Like, um. This podcast has been a lot to me. I've had a lot of fun with it. I know very few people are listening an hour and thirty minutes into this episode, but for me, it was really fun to talk to my best friends about X Men uh ups and downs like the x-men are an amazing uh parallel for like real world issues about wanting people to be treated equal regardless of who they are this challenged that in a big way like this took that in a direction that i didn't necessarily like i didn't agree with everything but that's what made it good it challenged my thoughts made me think about um people's positions and like maybe I don't need to save people and they should have the right to save themselves and, and, and empower themselves regardless of me and where I fit in that equation. And I think the X-Men really like, instead of saying like poor mutants was like, what would I do if mutants were like, I don't need you anymore and I'm going to do my own thing and there's nothing you can do about it. Am I going to let that happen or am I going to get scared? And that's a great story to tell. I mean, there were several times where we mentioned, like, are Orcus the good guys yeah, in this? 100%. I mean, we're looking at it going, it's like, mm, I kind of get why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Like, it makes sense to me big time. Hey, hey, what are your What are your other thoughts about this book? Um, Vane, for you, too? and Yeah, so I think you're right. Is Looking from the comics perspective of things, it was kind of cool to come into a world of X-Men where right off the bat we felt uncomfortable right and i think it took a while for us to vocalize it but we said it at some point that it was like i don't know if i like this x-men but that doesn't mean that the stories are bad in fact it means quite the opposite that it was making us feel a way about x-men and superheroes that we didn't before and and you know obviously we've joked and sometimes gotten kind of negative about things but overall there have been great moments there's stuff like i said before i will always remember about the x-men and i have just had a ton of fun doing this reading comics on a weekly basis because this is not the way i've consumed comics before you know Mm -hmm. i got trades and read them so going week to week and and keeping up with what's going on in the news has been so much fun talking with you guys about it hearing sometimes your terrible opinions but well and sometimes like you guys wrote we wrote better books than what we got 
And that's like fun. Like I yeah. I didn't know that about ongoing where it's like, oh, I wonder what's gonna happen next. Like our right. modern cannons were better sometimes. Or worse. And I think so I think sometimes it is a way different way of doing it. Like because I haven't read week to week comics since I was a kid. And even then it was inconsistent. Yeah. So there's an argument you made I never did. It's a really different way to consume the media. And I think I think differently about some of these comics than I would have otherwise. I'm probably Overall, more critical not on me. a week to week basis. <laughs> but I mean, ultimately from from a you know big perspective of what this was and what it meant, I had a great time hanging out with you guys, reading comics. This this comic it's been going since 2019. Like we have done this podcast We're pre-pandemic in four baby. separate years. Like that's I started this podcast before one of my kids was born. And I don't know, it's just nuts to me that we've done something this long. So thank you guys for doing it. But whoever podcast is older than Quentin's marriage. Whoever, yeah. With this, we're gonna announce our next podcast on the, the Spotify. No. Brought to you by not <laughs> Amazon Prime, because they're not renewing it. <laughs> but but ultimately thank that's you to everyone. It, though. Thank you to everyone that's listened to this. Like I know, like we never did this. I think expecting to be, you know, thank all five making of millions of dollars. Uh, yes, put Any, a zero behind that. Anyone that is listening to this or has listened to it, especially if you are here now listening to this after an hour and a half of us rambling, thank you so much for doing it. Like we made this mostly for ourselves, but also entirely for, you. for ourselves. We made this yeah, like ninety. We made this entirely for ourselves, and you just happen to be along for the ride. And God bless you for doing it. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you, and good night. This is the Examination Podcast. Signing, Signing one last out. time, one final time. Da 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 da